Hello? Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So, w- welcome to the Mega Nerd Podcast. Thank this you. Is a special episode where I'm going to interview my wondrous editor, Barbara Smolin. So, um, <laughs> welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, I'd just like to ask you, well, what is it like being an editor? Well, first of all, I don't know if I can rightly call myself an editor. I would say I'm more of a proofreader. And um, an editor would really get more involved in helping the author shape the, the pacing and the direction and the flow of the story and give the author guidance on um, whether, you know, whether the reader is confused about something or whether things agree within the story. Um, but I'm just trying to notice whether there are, you know, grammatical mistakes and things like that, more proofreading. I could be your editor if you want me to, but I have tried to not take on that role up till now. Well, how, how does being an editor work and how is it like, I mean, like, how is proofreading different from editing? Well, proofreading is um, not as high a level of involvement. So proofreading would be to, to notice whether words were spelled wrong or punctuation marks were used uh, incorrectly or f- letters were not capitalized at the beginning of the sentence or um, there wasn't the proper indentation or when someone speaks if the format is reflecting how the speech is going properly, you know, how the quotes are within a sentence and whether there's a capital letter at the beginning of a sentence inside of a quotation and things like that. So what's an editor then if that's what a proofreader is? Okay, so an editor, um, I know some professional editors. I myself am not a professional editor. But um, a professional editor would read the story and I think, as far as I know, give the author guidance on um, what the experience is like for the reader reading that story and, and, and make suggestions to the author. The, the editor doesn't change the story, but the, the editor can make suggestions to the author to, for the author to think about things that might improve the experience of reading it for the reader. So in other words, let's say the author um, describes something and the description goes on for so long that the the narrative pace slows down for the reader. Um, The author might have been so involved in describing something that that they're just just want to describe all these things and the reader just kind of gets bored. The, The editor might tell the author this you know, the pace is flagging here. Maybe you don't need so much description of this thing, or maybe you need to cut this description down a little bit, et cetera, things like that. Yeah. So so So, the 
or, or the, another thing that an editor will do is the person who's writing has an idea maybe of what the scene looks like or what the people, what their personalities are. But sometimes the author might um, take for granted that the reader, that, that the author has communicated those things to the reader and the editor sometimes helps the author say, well, you know, the reader doesn't really understand where this action is taking place. You know, like it, it you know, the, Maybe you need to, um, maybe some description of the scenery would be good here, or maybe, um, maybe you described this thing as this person as having this personality, but here the way this person is acting doesn't go along with the description that you gave about that person. You know, the editor helps tighten up the writing so that it, it, it has its, it follows its, its own internal logic. So, um, do you like my story? Yes, I, I, I'm enjoying your story very much. You've got a good cliffhanging skill where you, you, you keep the reader in suspense every time you add to it. I'm like, okay, but what happened next? Like, come on, write some more. I want to hear what happened next. Actually, I, um, well, I've been reading a lot of suspense novels, mm-hmm. and so um, that's partially, I think, possibly where I got that from. Mm-hmm. Well, you learned very well. You learned that very well, and um, your your dialogue is is good, and your suspense is good, and um, the story is interesting, and. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know where I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear what happens next. So that's, that's a very successful, um, suspense. Actually, that's kind of how Charles Dickens wrote his novels. You know, it's funny you mentioned Dickens because, um, Dickens had this, this way of writing where he would, he would write, I think it was weekly and everybody would be on the edge of their seat like waiting for the next thing like he always would leave the leave the reader kind of in suspense and when I was reading your your story it reminded me of when I studied Dickens in school and how our teacher would tell us about how he would you know just write one bit at a time and keep everybody in suspense and I was thinking the story is um has that quality um, but it's a different type of genre than Dickens, I think. It's more, it's more a little bit, and I wouldn't say science fiction, um, but it's more of, um, it's, it's, it's a different type of genre, but it's suspenseful nonetheless. Yeah, I was actually reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and, <laughs> well, I was actually talking, well, I was thinking about that book i saw how like that book like they use a lot of description with scientific terms like polypay um i'm actually kind of wondering why they did that mm-hmm. well, my father read that i think he read it in french uh, when he was about your age um but yeah your your book i mean it, it's the it's did 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 Jules Verne make up those terms or were they real scientific terms? Actually, I looked up a lot of them. I Googled a lot of them. And actually, 
almost all of them are real. Oh, they really cool. did this research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my teacher told us that when we would read Dickens, that we should make a little chart at the at the at the front or the back of the book, um, so that we could keep track of all the characters because there were so many characters in Dickens that it would sometimes you could get confused between all of them. And um, I'm reading Jane Austen right now, and I was I was hearing my old teacher talking to me, and because I'm kind of getting some of the characters in this book, Emma, confused, and I was thinking, oh, I should have. I should have made that chart of who all the different characters are because sometimes it helps keep things straight. I'm not having that problem with your book. The characters are very distinct and they're not so many yet. Um, so. Well, I mean, I just yeah. added a new character. Oh, really? I'm going to add a new character, but um, looking forward I don't want to wanna spoil that uh, for my listeners. So. Right, right, right. And um, so... Um, when you're reading, when you're reading, when you're reading your story on your podcast, are you, are you reading it from what you've written or are you telling it from your, um, like just off the top of your head? Actually, no, I'm reading it from what I've written. And then, uh, on the days that I'm not recording, I write more. And then okay. on the days that I am recording, I read more. Okay. Okay. Good. Because I was worried that you were going to change from writing to just storytelling verbally into your podcast and not and and maybe do some kind of voice to text thing where it would record it would write down what you said but I think writing will be a better process to get the story you know into the shape that you want so I'm happy to hear that yeah and also when you're recording Mm Like, unless you're using, like, an audio editing software where you can do multiple takes, mm-hmm. you can't exactly, like, I mean, you have, if you're just, like, improvising, you have to, like, think of everything right. on it's the too- spot, which is right. kind of a lot of work, too. Right, exactly, exactly. So I'm happy to hear your writing, even though you're running a podcast. The podcast is, is coming after the, the written work, so that's good. And I know, um, I know some professional writers. I know, let me think. I know one, I know a person who has published books of what she, what, what she calls experimental fiction. She just published a book. A friend of mine published um, a book of short stories and a novel. Another friend of mine published a few books of poetry. Um, another guy I know published some essays and some novels, and he's a writing professor. And, um, and another friend of mine, her late husband was an editor and another friend of mine was, um, is an editor and I know another editor. So I actually know several editors, some poets and some novelists. And, um, so if you want professional, but none of them, I think has worked in, in, um, children's fiction. I would say the age group for your story is about. Uh, maybe 10 to 12 or what's your target what's your target audience well I mean I guess you could say my target is like around like like maybe like I mean it's kind of supposed to be at least like family friendly so like from like like I don't know like just like maybe ages uh like 10 and up I guess yeah I mean there are some like complicated words Mm -hmm. in it Mm mm-hmm Right. But that's, that's always helps people learn new words when they read unfamiliar words. Um, they can look it up. 
Um, they can look those words up. So anyway, but the point is that none of the people that I know who are professionals in the writing or publishing or editing industry, none of them, I think, has experience with children's fiction. So I, can, I don't have anybody professional to send you to for that, but they probably do know of people who are professional children's editors. Um, well, you're not technically a professional children's editor, but you could become one right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would, um, I can, I can be an amateur children's editor. Um, I guess I could become a professional one, but I, I wouldn't know if I would, if I would really um, be qualified. I could do my best. I could do my best, but I pretty thing, good. Oh, yeah. thank you. The thing is, it's 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 this is I teach drawing primarily, and it's always tricky because you want to you don't want to make so many um, you don't you you don't want to correct like make suggestions of corrections to a de to a degree where you um, have a person feel that did like dejected that they that, that they're doing too many things wrong you don't want to stifle someone's creativity by saying oh you forgot to capitalize this letter and you didn't indent here um you know but the proofreading you know you know ideally you would take on more of your own proofreading responsibilities and every time you write you know before you post it you would you would go over it and check did i capitalize the first letter of each sentence did I make a space after each, after each period? Did I make sure that, like, if I call somebody by a name with a capital letter here, I call that same person by that same, I spell it the same way with the same capitalization or non-capitalization. So there's consistency in your writing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's like a, a step that ideally, um, you know, that, that the editor, ideally that there's proofreading going on by the writer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but there's a difference with that when you're writing, like, say, something for a podcast, because you're mm -hmm. actually reading it aloud, and mm -hmm. so... Oh, so you don't feel that those are so important. Um, well, it's not that. It's just that sometimes it's quite important. It's just that it's kind of different when you're writing for a podcast, and it's also kind of different when you're writing a script as well. I mean, my podcast isn't actually writing a script. But if I was, it would be kind of different because you don't say this person says such and such because they're just saying it. And it would right. be weird if the person would say, I am yeah. saying such and such. Right, 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 right. I know that's funny you said that because I have listened to books on tape and it always is a little bit, it always slows it down a little bit when they read, you know, blah, 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 he said, or blah, 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 blah. You know, that you, you if you're doing a podcast version of a, a story um, I guess I guess if you're reading it in a more theatrical way you might want to take out some of those things but it brings up other issues such as such as when you describe one character as having an accent if you're doing a podcast you might want to invent an actual accent for that character Actually, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but like in a podcast, you have to use sound effects and like stuff to give the podcast like actual feeling if you're not, if you're using a script. 
Uh-huh. Because otherwise, it'll just be like someone's talking, uh-huh. and then and they say ouch, and you don't know what even happened. You know, uh-huh. I mean, sometimes they do that intentionally, uh-huh. like, but like that's like only like in certain cases where it's like a mystery podcast or something like that. But. Uh-huh. Well, you've you're I'm sure you're much more familiar with podcasts than I am because I've only listened to maybe two podcasts in my life. Um, both of them your father sent to me and I thought they were interesting but I but I I'm always losing my earphones and I'm I'm not up on the whole podcast thing so um I guess if you are familiar with the written mode of communication then the podcast conventions of communication um you know so uh but your story is, is very engaging and um, interesting, and I'm looking forward to to what happens next. And um, I, if you want me to be your editor, um, are you prepared to, um, you know, kind of hear feedback of, you know, for example, you know, this person is, you're saying this, but we don't know that that person, you know, is there or, you know, just whatever feedback I have. If you want me to do that, I can do that. Yeah, I'd actually like for you to do that. Um, okay. So, um, uh, uh, bye for now. Um, uh, see what happens next to Yarkovsky in the next edition of the Mega Nerd Stories Podcast, Season 1, The Virus Story. Well, th- bye. Bye.